0: Hi, I'm Morgan Eikenseer, the Tech and Healthcare Reporter for the Baltimore Business Journal and welcome to another episode of our podcast, The Pivot. My guest on the podcast this month is Ginny Lawhorn, an owner of Sushi Spot and Fells Point favorite, Sticky Rice, which will soon reopen as a new restaurant called Friends and Family. Sticky Rice has been serving sushi and other Asian fare out of a space in Fells for about a decade. It was connected to two other sticky rice locations in DC and Virginia. Now Ginny and her partner, her husband Ronnie, are ready to strike out on their own and try something totally new. Their restaurant will reopen in March, complete with a new paint job, some new seating, and a brand new menu full of mostly vegan breakfast dishes. In this episode of The Pivot, I chatted with Ginny about the challenges of operating a restaurant in Baltimore and what we can expect from the next iteration of a beloved restaurant space. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check out previous episodes of the pivot on SoundCloud. I'm here with Ginny Lahorn, an owner of Sticky Rice. We've reported recently that there's some big changes coming to your restaurant. I love sticky rice. Everyone I know loves Sticky Rice, so I want to talk about that definitely, but first I was hoping we could learn a little bit more about you, kind of how you got into the restaurant business, and how Sticky Rice came to be.
1: I have been in hospitality since high school, so I started with a catering company, and then as most um, art majors do, I ended up in hospitality to be an art major, and as most art majors end up, um, I ended up in different variations of hospitality, so I... I'm fortunate to run the bar program at the Landmark Theater in Harbor East, and my husband, Ronnie Pastor, is the founding owner of the Baltimore location of Sticky Rice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We met coming up on nine years ago and uh, transitioned his partners out at one point, and then I and transitioned into managing the front of house and uh, menu. Mm-hmm. We had a very nice 10-year run <laughs> with the folks in those uh, partnerships and elements of overlapping with the two other sticky races. so that time is eclipsed. So
0: tell us about the new concept and kind of why you guys decided to make this change now.
1: Baltimore is very fortunate in the strength in the hospitality community and the number of restaurants in Baltimore. We are very proud of what we were able to do with our time as Sticky Rice and felt it time to be in full control of our menu Mm -hmm. and implementation and all of the branding elements uh, and being able to expand upon our core principles so the new concept will be friends and family founded on the pillars that we have really rooted in mm-hmm. in our integration of staff uh, our loyalty in vegan elements and our vegetarian focused and our all-encompassing dietary restriction menu and hearkening back to the concept it was when ronnie bought it which was friends mm-hmm. so bringing uh the location full circle the the building at 1634 Alisana street has been a bar for as long as it's been a building so we don't much feel like owners of the building as much as we feel like its current occupants and um are very excited to expand on uh those principles and be ever more inclusive in our staff's engagement
0: and so the new concept is vegan and breakfast-focused, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, like I said, sticky rice has always kind of been a staple in that community. A lot of people love it, and it's always had vegan options, like you said. Why go the vegan route, and why breakfast?
1: I live on a very different schedule than uh, many folks, so uh, I, I feel confident that you and I are needing breakfast at different times of day. <laughs> and uh, Ronnie is uh, type 1 diabetic and has celiac, so mm. Uh, He and I live on different schedules. I am hospitality-driven and very much a night owl. Uh, And he has a 13-year-old, so every other week he gets up at 6.30. Uh, So we find ourselves needing different meals at different times and always want breakfast and look around. And uh, it is not as available at 2 in the afternoon when we both need a meal. (laughs) And uh, breakfast fills a lot of voids and fills a lot of need for connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, So especially with the different areas of industry in Baltimore, people are coming off of different shifts at different times. The Hopkins network is so large. And being able to fulfill the need that you have for the meal that you want at the time that you are available to have it. Vegan is playing through to our principles of inclusion that were formed with sticky rice Mm -hmm. uh, and the desire to be more mindful of what's in your food, from where your food is being sourced uh, and being responsible about the decisions that you're making. It's one of the least impactful, most meaningful choices you can make environmentally. And we want you to have the food you want and have you feel good about going about your day. Mm -hmm. So the cleaner your food is, the better you're going to feel.
0: Okay. And so physical or also like staff changes Mm -hmm. or menu changes, how is all of that working? And what can people expect the new space to look like?
1: It will be as... True to form as possible. So we have the original tin ceilings. We're working on uh, r- restoring or maintaining those. The bar, uh, we're incredibly proud to have. It is one solid piece of mahogany that was brought in through the Port of Baltimore and installed. So nothing about the bar will change. Uh, mostly because we wouldn't ever move it. <laughs> also because I don't know how you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it will be much brighter. Uh, the the color scheme will be much brighter. We The sushi bar has been removed. There will be two six-top booths installed in that area. Uh, and I'm working with Justin Duvall, who is my foremost design partner and has worked on great programs throughout the city. He and I are working on... Um, the designscape now in terms of colors and branding. So i brighter, uh, crisper, but still as home base, living room, posy, as I think that space has always been.
0: Mm-hmm. We've seen some uh, debate on social media, some
1: questions. So yes. will there
0: be non-vegan or vegetarian options? Yes. Ahead? Yes.
1: Sticky Rice Baltimore's menu as it closed was a 50-50 split. Mm -hmm. Uh, This will be more of a 60-40 split. uh, Vegetarian, vegan versus meat options, but there will be uh, animal-based protein uh, options available. Okay. So just vegan forward. Vegan forward. And also mindlessly vegan. So Oreos are accidentally vegan. Like Airheads are accidentally vegan. There are an awful lot of foods that are accidentally vegan that uh you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's not it's not th- that we're going to force your hand or maybe it's all about the decision that you want to make. There will be more holistic vegetarian options than can be found in other breakfast menus.
0: Okay. And so what has the reaction been from the customers or how are people responding to the news of the switch
1: we were incredibly fortunate uh, at the support we were met with an incredible last two weeks uh so we timed it uh, t- attempting to be as inclusive in availability for final meals mm-hmm. that we announced after the holidays we we gave it two weeks and before the semester started uh for so many folks in baltimore and it was a really wonderful closure. We have been met with some questions, certainly, and some uh, opposition to change, certainly. Uh, We're incredibly grateful for the support and the enthusiasm as a whole. I was
0: personally relieved to hear that you were just shifting focus and that you guys weren't closing the restaurant because we've we've seen a lot of that. Um, I think especially in the past two years, there have been a lot of Yes. beloved restaurants yes. going out of business. Um, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about kind of how you guys are navigating the restaurant space, like what's tricky about it, and do those closures of those big mainstays kind of make you worry in this market?
1: That is a fantastic way to reflect on this time. Uh, we are concerned for the decrease in population in Baltimore as everyone is. Mm-hmm. It is a wonderful city that has a great deal to offer, that has trouble getting in front of the challenge of our headlines. We are also the stepsister to D.C. So we're very fortunate to be uh, a commutable city. Uh, We are so fortunate for the Washingtonians by day who choose to be Baltimoreans by night. And I'm very grateful for folks that are choosing to live in Baltimore and commute. I have concern for the change in allocation of liquor licenses. So 10 years ago, you had to purchase a liquor license from a liquor license holder. And it was a strategic way to limit the resource, right? And manage the allocation, now, the various ways that you can obtain a liquor license in Baltimore has created more concepts than may be easily supported by the population. Mm -hmm. I'm very reflective of that. I'm very grateful for the way we're able to operate a private business. And we hope that how we integrate, how we treat our guests, how we treat our staff, help in how we continue to get to operate in this space and business.
0: There's also been some pretty exciting things happening in the food and restaurant world yes. um, in Baltimore as well, and I wanted to ask you about what are the, some of the things that you're most excited to see or some trends that you're really excited about.
1: I was overwhelmingly uh, grateful to Jose Andreas choosing to open a location in Baltimore, that gentleman uh, choosing to share his resources and experience, and Opportunity in Baltimore, I believe, to be quite a statement. So that was incredible news. The announcement of Foreman Wolf being involved in the canopy is wonderful and speaks well to the faith that they have in Baltimore as they've been operating continuously longer than most folks that you could ever find in one city. So it's it's great. I mean, it's it's a, Chris Fulton operating sophomore coffee is doing a beautiful thing. He's a wonderful friend and uh, doing great things. So I'm incredibly proud of what Baltimore's doing and how it's doing it.
0: And if you had to recommend a restaurant, not
1: yours, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to anyone coming in that has never been to Baltimore and doesn't mm-hmm. eat in Baltimore, what would you recommend and why?
1: Petit Louis is always my, like, if if I have the time, I will always make the time to go to Petit Louis. There, there's fewer staples as consistent. Uh, Tapas Teatro, uh, Helmand and Naomi are doing a wonderful thing every day. They're fantastic people. Uh, Little Havana has done it for 22 years now in a way that... Uh, is awe-inspiring with a great view and good people. Uh, Tame Street Oyster House, Candace is doing a wonderful thing. Ooh, the weights that she manages are incredible. I, the, the volume that she's putting out of that square footage is amazing. Uh, so I ask what people need and then I make a, a recommendation from there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a a holistic scope of private businesses doing great things.
0: And what have you found in your experience with Sticky or otherwise just is the most difficult part about owning a restaurant? And what have you learned about the process?
1: One of the most difficult parts of any industry is personality management. So everyone needs something different in terms of cultivation, opportunity, support, finding what your team needs and how to meet it uh, is I believe how you are successful in any industry uh managing any staff so finding those core principles and then finding the individual ways to meet those sourcing ingredients is going to continue to be an interesting challenge as storms and fires and uh, the things that you don't realize you're so dependent on different ecosystems for so um the storms in Florida and then the fires in California made citrus difficult for a stretch. Uh, avocados and limes are certainly in the news for for their challenges. Uh, different in, ingredients coming from Asia became very challenging in, during the start of the trade circumstances. So those navigating supply against allocation has become very interesting in the last few years
0: and if you had to offer one piece of advice for someone looking to open a restaurant in Baltimore what's your advice
1: if I were giving a piece of advice um lease negotiation so we're very very fortunate to have that building. The thing that I would most highly recommend is to find the neighborhood where your concept is lacking, to buy a piece of property if at all possible, and if not possible for you, to really work with the terms of your lease and to understand what you are signing in terms of a straight square footage lease, in terms of a triple net lease, I am incredibly concerned when I hear of folks signing on to leases or assuming leases and them not understanding what profit sharing means. You need to have full faith in the space in which you are building, the comprehension of who owns what, and the improvements that are being made and what that means for you. And the allocation of your resources to continue. I would highly recommend that folks have a holistic understanding of what their leasing means. Foraged has done an incredible job. Uh, Lane Harlan has done a beautiful job. Folks who are seeing opportunity where others haven't, working with neighborhood associations, finding ways for zonings to be changed or exceptions to be made uh, to bring those resources and employment opportunities where they may not be know what you're getting into in terms of your property your zoning and your leasing
0: and what is competition like for you guys how you guys carve out a space for yourselves and, and what you're hoping to accomplish with this new concept
1: so one of one of the biggest points of evolution in this, is offering employee equity. So I have an employee equity table, uh, not dissimilar to New Belgium Brewing. They're much larger and they employ more people than I could comprehend. Uh, About a decade ago, they went to employee equity pool sharing and then within that timeframe, they've gone to entirely employee owned. I believe in labor being rewarded the people who are doing the work deserving recognition. So what we are choosing to do is to create an opportunity for people to be responsible for their reward on labor. That creates a sense of community that I believe can take any thoughtful business forward. I'm not attempting to compete with anyone. I am not attempting to go after anyone's market. I want to fill a need for my guests the days they want it, and I want my team members to be happy when they come to work. Uh, There's never a shortage of stressors in hospitality, (laughs) and I want them to feel that those stressors are worthwhile. I hope that Baltimore continues to expand in population and everyone is able to be successful with the principles that they employ uh, as they are employers and all you can do is your best. But if you're always doing your best uh, or you're trying to find your own best solution, moving forward with that compass should provide success.
0: Thank you so much for being here. Thank
1: Thank you. you.